Hey guys, welcome to the 16th episode of Kaikat. I am your host and storyteller Kairav Shah. It's been long since the last episode came out and I'm genuinely genuinely sorry for that. Let's just say it's been a long last couple of weeks. This episode I got my homies back, Kruta Dramjiani and Manan Pandya will be joining me on this episode. We also got Aditya Narayanan in this episode. Aditya is also a very good friend of mine and one of the very few people I know who know a lot about sports. We'll be discussing four sports primarily in this episode: soccer, cricket, Formula One, tennis, but not limited to these four. We all are in some way associated and passionate about all these four sports, and this will be an informal discussion. We are no experts. We'll be just be having fun. Before we start, I know it's a long episode, but trust me, you will enjoy every bit of this conversation if you relate to sports in general. So, hope you like it. होमीज बैक for this episode krutaj ramjani manan pandya will be joining us uh, uh we also got aditya here i dude what's what's your surname dude i never asked your surname narayan aditya narayan yeah. who is also a very good friend of mine and one of the few people who has immense knowledge in sports uh we are no we are no experts but yeah glad to have you all here so we're going to discuss about sports sports everything and anything about sports like uh, it's also one of the few things where influence our life equally i would say speaking for my own self but i i am assuming that it's true for all of you so we'll be discussing like soccer cricket tennis and formula 1 it's like primary sports i would say but it can go to other sports also but these are like four sports according to me we all have like seen or played or something like that which which we know something about but uh, but yeah so again this is a discussion so uh, so feel free to drop in your questions also feel free to drop in the points you want to talk about and i am assuming that you got all your facts and things you want to discuss for this episode it's a it's a very cliche question but what is the first memory of sports like what got into like i'm talking about all the four sports like what is the first thing you remember about and what made you a fan i would say like for this this particular sport uh actually needed time to think but i would say the first really unfortunate memory i have of sport is uh, i was actually watching the 2006 football world cup final that is literally the first i have faint memories before that but that's the one i remember distinctively and uh, i was really fond of zidane back then because i had also had a shaved head back then and uh, unfortunately for me he just hit button matter as he and walked out so yeah that that is my first fond memory and that's when i actually even started playing football i started following madrid and i wanted to start playing like beckham so i tried to just you know hit those curving shots and all that and tennis i used to play tennis since played for a while like quite a while uh, since practically i can remember i actually used to like i think since I'm, i was four or something i played tennis so um i 
was in Chennai for a lot of my winter breaks and then the Chennai Open used to happen and my dad was also a big time tennis fan so he used to take me there and the fun was all about you know, meeting players and getting pictures with them and all that so it started off with people like Carlos Moya who were the older he was a world number one and then hmm. eventually Rafael Nadal he came to Chennai Open and then finally it just moved on to other I've Chennai seen, Open legends I've seen him play live like you've seen him like unfortunately i haven't that's that's one really big regret the one time he came to india i was in there in chennai and i didn't see him play but i i wish i had but uh, yeah like i've pretty much followed chennai open since about then and that's how my fandom towards tennis started cricket i guess uh, nobody has a fond memory of cricket it, it was always it was always just there like you know like we were born yeah, in india it was always just there Sort of a background watch all the time, yeah, but yeah. the first fanboy moment I had with cricket was uh, there was this advertisement. I actually don't remember what advertisement it was, but Yuvraj Singh used to just you know wear a neon green T-shirt and a jeans, and he used to play pool shots in it. And as a kid, I really loved that, and I became a Yuvraj Singh fan. Later on, towards six, seven, two thousand six, seven, when I actively started following sports, that's when Dhoni came into the scene, and uh, I shared my birthday with Dhoni. So I was it's like since then I was a Dhoni fan for that reason and also you have an old time huh you're also from Chennai yeah. right so yeah that just worked out well right? <laughs> it just happened to be that he yeah. came to Chennai it's so. a devotion then I would not say you're a fan of Dhoni it might be devotion I'm not like saying for you but I've heard like if you're from oh. south and you're Chennai it's a it's a devotion for Dhoni there for sure yeah, yeah he has like there are a few people who are actually not from Chennai, whom we give cult status, and Dhoni is one of them. He is up there with the gods we worship. So nice. it's interesting to see how the city rallies behind him. But I don't think like it's sort of. I would put it in the same league as Vankhede and Sachin, but it's weird because he's actually not from Chennai. But that's mm-hmm. just just how it is. And yeah, uh, that's that. With Formula One, it was um, I actually don't remember. I just started following it randomly and. I was just really fond of the names of people who used to drive in Formula One back then. So I was really fond of pronouncing words like Fernando Alonso and Michael Schumacher. So I just used to follow them in the newspaper, and after that, just started watching the sport, started liking all aspects of it. Eventually, I also became an engineer. Uh, natural course of action in India. So in the end, after that happened, I realized how much of an engineer sport it was, and just continued following it. Man is actually figuring out: Do I look good with specs or do I look good with without specs? You look ugly both ways. <laughs> Let me just say, it, brother. <laughs> Who isn't ugly? Everyone is. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, so for football, how 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 did I start? So back in two thousand eight, Spain was at the top of its game. They won the Euro Cup. and uh, the my classmates were crazy about it so i was like okay let's start playing football with them for once so uh, i was playing uh, football in school not seriously back then but then one incident that happened that really pushed me towards playing football was uh, there was a i was playing fine by then okay within within one year or so i was playing fine and i was i wasn't selected in the school team So, Aditya, uh, if you remember back in uh, Sai Shraddha, I mean, I Aditya, this is this is some other Aditya. Yeah, Dhotre. 
I, I would say an influence. An influence. As a yeah, player, exactly. You have to reach that level playing. So he was, he was. So he was a very good player. He used to play in the school, and uh, I requested him if he would teach me football. Then he taught me football, and that is how I started playing. Uh, taught you football? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, he, that is how he. That is how I started playing football. And before that, I was just playing with uh, you know. It's like the play- it's like the last player who gets selected in the team. Like take it, the child, the age, get it that that way. But then after I started, after I learned from him, it was uh, good enough. Aditya OP then Aditya OP. Yeah, OP. Cricket, yeah, cricket. I mean, that's like a default setting in every Indian, I guess. Like, there's no uh, vivid memory of when when did you held your bat first or when did you bowl your first ball or something like that. It's just uh, there in every one of us, I guess. Yeah. So cricket, I don't have such a vivid memory. Yeah. So as as Manan said, you know, every every Indian has a default setting in uh, watching cricket. My memory of starting to like watch cricket was back in two thousand three World Cup. I don't know if you guys remember India and Australia were in final. Everyone was rooting for Sachin Tendulkar to get that World Cup, but unfortunately, we lost because I guess that that was the the classic Australian team. So yeah, that was the time when uh, that was the time when even I got very dejected. Uh, you know that India lost. So that's what I remember about cricket. And then uh, yeah, speaking about football and Formula One, I I started watching football and Formula One with uh, one of my cousins back in two thousand seven, and yeah, I, I picked up my favorite team Manchester United because of him, <laughs> who is unfortunately not a United fan right now. He, he changed his team after Sir Alex Ferguson left. He changed uh, to Chelsea. And he did. So we, I yeah. Him. <laughs> you should too. But but again, a podcast for another day. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is this is literally someone selling shares of Tesla by saying that Elon Musk nikal gaya to mujhe uske shares bhi nahi chahiye. But which also makes sense, bro. <laughs> which which also because he is responsible for most of the rise. But yeah, it's yeah. But we'll get there. Like, what's what's your view on United separately? But yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So it was it was his words. Like my cousin's word. Literally, he said, "Kuch nahi ho sakta United ka abhi. Like, tu bhi nikal ja." <laughs> I'm like, damn son, how can you do that? <laughs> so yeah, that is it about football, Formula One, and tennis. Yeah, tennis. Uh, I don't know. I just, I just. uh saw tennis on like tv scrolling through the channels and then i was glued to it watching rafael nadal with like those biceps hitting those uh forehand uh forehand yeah uh, that was the memory and that's how i like started liking rafael nadal per se yeah i i actually started i guess cricket was just like default like you just like started playing and it was a gradual transition but uh, soccer i was like it, I, i started watching soccer because of fifa fifa 11 fifa 2008 i guess fifa 2008 and then was like you know you play the manager mode and you're like okay fuck you can do this there's players this that yeah i started watching early games like barcelona uh, for formula 1 formula 1 actually kavi the aditya kavi actually Kavi is actually nickname of Kuthat, so we call him Kavi. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, 
he actually introduced me to formula 1 so i was a mechan i was a i am a mechanical engineer i'm saying what the fuck <laughs> was <laughs> so i it it's it's like i knew about little bit of cars i don't know but i knew a little bit back so kavi and i just like talked about it and he told me like dude you should watch this and then i was like okay it's it's just a race but it's not it's like soft as hard as all that stuff then i but the real transition moment from when i started regularly watching was after i watched drive to survive like the netflix documentary which was like fucking awesome which you know like once you see what goes behind the scenes of a formula 1 team and everything it it blows your mind so that's when i started tennis again tennis i because of my dad like he used to watch each and every game and also cricket the first cricket memory for me was like 1983 world cup which i didn't saw but my dad has all the cds and everything of 1983 so he made me watch all the matches so that was the first memory and also tennis was also usual like every every wimbledon game dad used to watch it so i was like okay you know like who is this who is this so that was my early all the sports memory but uh, but again starting with like all of you favorite player like and why do you think he is the goat in that particular sport you see when it comes to football okay or as americans call it soccer so there was there, there, there's always this debate uh, in uh, within the people of our generation um asking if messi is the goat or uh, ronaldo is the goat hmm. and i mean like every one of us has been a part of that debate yeah. you know where where uh, it has come to like are you to bull messi messi is the yeah. just come uh, become physical after the argument but i think you know after 2016 somebody has made it ronaldo has made it very clear that he is uh, supposed to be the goat of uh, uh, soccer undoubtedly because after winning everything the only thing that has been le- that was left to win for both of those players was uh, winning something with their country so as of now if you would ask me who is the goat then it has to be cristiano ronaldo because uh, he has done it uh, with his country also when it comes to just to say you know like we have all been as a part of like messi ronaldo in a facebook conversation and everywhere but it has reduced over time do you feel that it has reduced over time like after to the down after ronaldo moved to juventus more yeah. but i feel like once that every 90s kid understood that they are soon going to retire <laughs> oh yeah everyone is like yeah. okay we can't do this and i mean we cannot compare both of them but oh, yeah what was no. men versus what is men versus women now was ronaldo versus messi back in 2011 what <laughs> <laughs> do we feel like we have lowered the benchmark for what we consider goat in football because these two specifically didn't win international trophies for a very long time in with their country like earlier world cup was sort of a benchmark we like okay you know Maradona won a World Cup, Pele won a World yeah. Cup, so many other legends. And then these guys didn't win it for so long. We're like, "Chalo, take a World Cup. Ye baar jitega, ye baar jitega. Nee, wo, thik hai." We lower it further. Any international trophy. So that's when it came to things like Copa America and uh, what did Ronaldo win Euro? Yes, so, Ronaldo. So it's just have we not like how do we judge that? Like where how how does the line change? Hmm. Is it a personal line change rather? at a like personal level i would still still think uh, you know ronaldo is the goat because he has uh, shown his versatility in all the top uh, leagues of the uh, of the world and messi is still sticking around uh, but that's a decision team. like don't you feel like it's a decision like i have got stats here 
I'm not I'm not like decided who is best because but like I was like reading a Messi Messi like seven. Eleven, seven hundred and eleven goals. Ronaldo seven forty-eight goals all-time career-wise. Mm-hmm. Messi two number of assists, three hundred assists. Ronaldo two twenty-six. Yeah, even I would agree with uh, Manan. You know, because yeah, my uh, if you would ask me about the goat in soccer, I would say Cristiano Ronaldo, hands down, because he's won Champions League with two different teams. You know, he's won. He's won the league, Spanish league. He's, he's won the Italian league, English Premier League. And, you know. It, that is that is versatility, and what Messi has done is just been in the same club since like what, fifteen years, sixteen years. More than that. There there was still scope for him last year when he was trying to get out of Barcelona. Not last year, I guess, just two months back, right? Somewhere, yeah. Yeah, because they lost to Bayern Munich. I mean, he yeah, that's that's also will come to that, but they didn't yeah. lose to Bayern Munich. That's putting it very mildly, but it was to. Yeah, but but you know, like this is not a contrary opinion. I feel like you cannot compare these two. But when I see this like from a player perspective, I feel like Messi is more as a complete player. Ronaldo, I feel he's a machine. Like he he's like goal scoring machine. He can conquer anything. Messi, I feel like it's it's just like you know, it's you see it's magic. Like if you see Messi, it's magic. If I see Ronaldo, I see like. Dependable goal-scoring machine, but if I see magic, I can cannot put into words. Few of the things what you have done. I agree with Manan in terms of saying that you know the versatility displayed across different kinds of platforms or different kinds of quality players or leagues. In that, yes, so in the Messi-Ronaldo debate, I actually won't pick one simply because, as you said, one is a very machine-like player. He is super precise, very clinical at finishing. A reason I think why Messi is touted to have that extra bit of magic is because he literally dribbles like crazy and can run through defenses at will. Ronaldo used to do that like in very early stages of his career in the Old Trafford days. He doesn't do that anymore, but his game awareness and his off-the-ball movement is still unparalleled in like across any other teams, any other players, anything like. The very fact that he receives so many balls inside a box and doesn't. Let a goal be scored on an offside as often as other players do shows how aware he is of everyone around him and his situation. So that I think makes up for any other abilities that he might lack. I don't think he does. But that being said, bridging all of this together, my pick for greatest of all time is slightly older than these guys. I would pick Zinedine Zidane. So yeah, he has the technical acumen. Has proven himself across leagues with Juventus and with Real, and he has also gone on to win the World Cup. World Cup. So I think he ticks all the boxes in my checklist of what I would consider the greatest all-time all goal. So I guess he has won the Euro also in 2000, 2000 with France. Because if Thierry Henry has won the Euro, if uh, Euro with France, the uh, uh, this guy has to win. This has this guy has to be with him. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. He has Euro 2000. Yeah, two thousand. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. all time, yeah, all time. Along with that, I would also think Ronaldinho is the all time good. Uh, that guy has also won everything. There is some something. There's no, there is no trophy untouched by uh, by Ronaldinho. For sure, yeah. These guys are. It just looks like they probably aren't because these days football is in a more uh, individually and physically, yeah. Yeah. But both of these guys had the ability to carry an entire team and. They both were also, you know, World Player of the Years and Ballon d'Or winners. So, 
I think they are often overlooked in the greatest of all time debates. People you know, jump straight from Pele, Maradona, and they're like, "Nay, Messi, Ronaldo." But exactly like Aditya, if I think uh, if if uh, the best example I would give, you know, if uh, just like you said, like a one player carrying the entire team on his shoulders is uh, the semi-finals between Brazil and France in two thousand six. It has to be the best match for uh, Zidane. That guy literally overpowered the entire team. And 2002, yeah, and Brazil was the same team that won the World Cup in 2002. Exactly. And that was, it was also, at least in Zidane's mind, it was post-prime Zidane. Because he had retired before that and had just come back like a year before the World Cup. And yet he was that good. <laughs> I mean, even as a coach, he seems to be so far so good because of the treble with, not treble, but... hat-trick of Champions League titles for Triyan. Uh, mm. There are two players who are in like a particular jersey. They are like exceptionally good. Like if I see like Thierry Andre in Arsenal, early Arsenal days, fuck. That was a beast. That was a different beast, right? Ronaldinho like in Barcelona, as you say. But, but yeah, again, Kavi, what, what's your... I mean, it, it's not necessarily be Ronaldo versus Messi. It's just like... Yeah, we have been in the time of Messi and Ronaldo. So, our first look yeah. goes into that. But Yeah, most, like, uh, personally speaking, I haven't uh, watched a lot of national football, like, country-wise. I haven't started watching that. So, I don't know about, you know, how Zidane's performance was back in, like, the 2006 World Cup or not. So, mostly my knowledge is, like, limited to Ronaldo and Messi only, for that matter. And, like, yeah, recently, as uh, we know that, uh maradona died rest in peace so there were a lot of comparison then like about pele and maradona and then i also saw a lot of videos about maradona dude that left feet though left foot sorry left foot so smooth the free kicks the dribbling there is one more player that we are not aware of who is mm-hmm. i would say as good as uh, zidane level so there is a german player named franz beckenbauer okay beckenbauer yeah yeah, yeah. so that guy See, he he won the World Cup himself with the German team in 1954, okay? And then in 1990, when Germany won the World Cup... What's his name? Sorry. What's his name? Franz, Franz Beckenbauer. F-R-A-N-Z. Yeah. So, that guy won the World Cup as a player in 1954. Yep. And in 1990, he won the World Cup with Germany as a manager. So, that... Yeah. Dude, yeah, that guy has to be like in 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 those one percent of football players who have won both as a players and both as a player and as a manager. And I don't think that that feat is achieved by anyone yet. Like, I, if I'm not wrong, Maradona t- tried this in 2010 when he was the Argentinian coach, but uh, no. And Zidane has done the same achievement, but with the Champions League as a player too and as a uh manager but uh, world cup uh, has been untouched by uh, nobody there was this advertisement so are we allowed to do dm uh, brands in the podcast yeah, yeah we can do anything we can we can talk shit hardly any few people are listening honestly brother so we can talk so, anything nobody's going to sue us anything so feel free to so i actually uh, remember uh, watching this advertisement i think during the world oh no 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 sorry last year actually um during the most recent world cup whenever it was last year or the year before so there was someone pointed this ad out to me and there was this thing called a galaxy 11 when samsung galaxy when they were launching their initial line of phones they had like this whole world 11 sort of setup they had all these you know, 
peak players of that time all in the same line they had ronaldo and messi in the same advertisement which at that time was crazy they had casillas yeah. they had uh, yeah i don't remember who else but franz beckenbauer was actually the coach of that team as well so that was the first time i heard yeah. of him and then i dug into him it was animated ad right if i remember or was it with uh, actual players yeah it was with actual the, players actual players okay actual yeah, players the, but it's with the lot of graphics cgi yeah yeah but i think the one you're talking about is uh, the I guess it is recent one. Yeah, the, my yeah I think it's like a Nike ad or something. No, I guess it is. Uh, it is. Yeah, yeah. So it has all those things where clones take over the world, and then yeah, that uh, that's an older ad. Yeah, older ad. That was also a fun ad, actually. Greatest of all time football ads. But. Yeah. Let's let's just talk about cricket also. Like all time, all time greats in cricket. Uh, we'll come back to the question where I, where I'm also want to know that who is the upcoming player, which you think is like. immensely good when i would not say potential to reach a very greats but you see like okay this is a very good talent in upcoming pretty much all the sports but but yeah going ahead with cricket right now like i mean see the uh, with with uh, i guess virat kohli is is uh, at his best right now or over the uh, i mean in the past few years 2 to 3 years you know this 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 debate was always there when he was as a growing player that um, if he could uh, take over uh, sachin's place and was he better than sachin and all those comparisons were being made in his early days and uh, if if you look at the stats uh, and if he continues for another 10 years as uh, you know as sachin continued at uh, till that age i guess this, he is going to overpower him at least but, yeah, i yeah but you know there is one thing that i've um, observed in people as in in collectivity okay so what happens is if a person is aggressive okay then that person is automatically termed uh, to be someone are isme ethics nahi hai yaar no he cannot overpower such and even if he does he cannot match his humility as a player i'm like that's, that's not an argument that you should be making okay i mean he does not go around abusing uh, umpires or any other i mean there have been instances with virat kohli virat kohli where he has abused the australian crowd but that's a different topic But that's also but, like early Virat Kohli, right? Yeah, that's, early yeah. Virat Kohli. But the thing is, with Sachin, which with Sachin, it's always the argument that, acha, he was a good player also, but he's also a good personality. Why he dropped captaincy? He was appointed as a captain, right? He dropped captaincy was that I, I'm not sure like how to is that, but he wasn't had that aggression or control or you can you know to say other teammate, okay, you do this, do that. Teammate, so he dropped yeah. captaincy before drop. because of that. That's what. I mean, I saw the documentary. That's what it said. Okay. But uh, but yeah. Yeah. So so this and when it comes to Virat Kohli, uh, everybody that is what I mean. The points I've observed is even if he achieves the same feat as Sachin, he won't be considered the god because he's not humble. I'm like na 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 na. This is sports. We have to be aggressive. Just because exactly. somebody is smiling when the empire is giving him out when he's not out, and he's walking away, that does not make him humble. Okay. <laughs> back then the technology wasn't there these just technology is there so so players do turn to uh, overturn the empire's decision and that is fair on the players part because he thinks that he is not out so he should be not he should not be given out that's that yeah and i actually think it's a very indian thing that you know we end up talking about humility grace and all mm-hmm. that when we try to defend a sportsman exactly and 
cricket with our indian following is being defended by a largely indian crowd so that becomes an issue because if you look at other sports let's say golf for example arguably the leading icon of golf is tiger woods who has gone through a ridiculous amount of controversies and yet no one can question his standing as a golf player as a golfer and uh, similarly if you take something like swimming for instance michael phelps a ridiculous amount of controversies michael jordan i right, would say like i mean there are many greats in every sport who goes through exactly and you know even in formula 1 there are so many people who are arrogant known for their lavish lifestyle being kimi raikkonen but despite all that there is a certain <laughs> amount of fan following where people just don't they're not very i wouldn't say they're oblivious to that but they are able to separate the sport from the character as well and that i don't think we do enough in india yeah. and i think works against virat a lot yeah even even i have an inclination towards virat kohli you know looking looking at because it's 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 in the modern era who be great as is yeah is this changed a lot you know in terms of uh, his fitness and diet and you, you have seen seen that right the the gorav kapoor uh, interview. interview yeah that's that's a fun interview so yeah so looking looking at all all of his uh, workout regime and all yeah is 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 improved a lot as a player you know like i i it's a good segue that you mentioned gorav kapoor i because he has a podcast too right and i was 22 22 yeah it's a very good podcast again i was listening to i guess it was sunil gavaskar only talking to him and he was talking about difference not the difference but you know virat kohli and dhoni not like comparing these two but what is the different between these two dhoni and virat kohli as a more from a perspective of a temperament not as a player like how you perform and again both are honest that makes sense like both are honest of how they react to a situation like virat kohli is completely open you can see that he's saying and it's fine like he's being honest he's not trying to imitate dhoni in any way dhoni is someone else but you know what intrigues me about dhoni i would say that do t20 world cup joginder sharma last over you you in his, his first world cup his first world cup the last over he gives to joginder sharma now imagine a person doing that and there is 1.3 billion people of population watching that match his first world cup he has not proven his like metal or anything right right what goes behind his mind and you know if if you watch any of dhoni's interview there is not one interview like gorav kapoor also like where he openly talks about what happens behind and i guess no player has also to, spoken completely like okay what he is actually like without expressing anything what do you think about that kind of uh, you know nonchalant reaction or having basically so controlled mind i would say i'm talking from completely from a mindset perspective here so you know from that from that perspective what do you, what do you think like what do you think dhoni is what makes him dhoni i would say so just before we get into answering that that's one more since you brought up dhoni the person i just want to bring this topic about virat kohli as well which is a lot of re- a big reason why the greatest of all time tag will be held from virat kohli and will probably still stay with sachin is because of his unfortunately ridiculous captaincy record with rcb and if if he had been 
successful as a captain as well someone like a ricky ponting ricky ponting is often put in the league of you know someone who could have potentially been probably yeah. better than sachin if sachin hadn't played as long they're similar in test i guess they are very very close to each other yeah i mean there's actually still almost an entire players difference between ricky ponting and sachin so the difference between them is around 10 test centuries and 20 odi centuries which is an entire player's career but mm. i think a very big reason why ricky ponting is still put close to that league is one he did it in a shorter time but second is you see him winning you know that is a serial winner you're used to him being up there in a podium with a trophy mm-hmm. and i think virat if probably even if he had captain mumbai indians instead of rcb and if maybe india had won a world cup or some some sort of an international trophy under his captaincy his legacy would be stamped better um i think it's really unfortunate that he hasn't been able to do that yet but that being said when it comes to dhoni dhoni the um the mindset behind what he is i think it's just sort of he, he has had to go through a ridiculous amount of um grind before even he made it to the indian team which is probably a big driving factor behind why he is so stoic about everything because he's seen the grind he knows you know he's have you heard that radyard kipling poem it says that you know if you can treat think defeat and victory both imposters just the same i think he has been uh, able to sort of imbibe that in because he's been on the losing side far more often than the winning side i think so i think that might be what drives him because he knows that if he wins today he's probably not going to be there tomorrow doing the same thing and i think that's also a reason why he won more often but uh, yeah that i think his stoicism is driven by the fact that he has seen a big chunk of life before even he came into the indian team so No, but he he seems like this is this was just something I guess we were talking about. Because when I once we just spoke about like Dhoni when he retired actually, and we were just talking about like he's a fucking smart guy. Like you know, like he cannot be that person who is just like doing things and just like he. I mean, as you said, like being stoic has a character because he has gone through all that you know phases of life that made him stoic, but. he has something like you, you know like if you have dhoni in the team you know that it's in control like i just heard a interview i guess who someone i guess it was sort of ganguly he said that uh kohli and everyone when dhoni was a captain he used to estimate the runs a pitch can have like before the game like you know this pitch is like 221 this pitch is like 281 or this pitch is like 290 you know that He he can he can say that before the hand and to say that in the first place, it's crazy, right? It's it's you cannot do that if you don't know the game completely and if you if you are some way some if you're doing something else which no one else is doing. But he's not he he has not been vulnerable in any way, in any game, in any game, in any World Cup, in any finals. One of a kind mind. Like his game awareness is way too good. On top of that. he doesn't really have a concept of pressure per se he just his pressure works very differently in the universe of ms dhoni compared to us 15 of 6 balls no big deal he'll just do it world cup finals chasing no big deal he'll do it it's just it just comes naturally to him at some level it's like you know he just looks up in the sky and just gets some some kind of inspiration somewhere but yeah i mean that is that is a secret that that has to be unveiled by dhoni that why was uh, jogender sharma given the ball and they are given the ball 
should wait for the bio. There has he has to disclose it. I mean, in, not to you know be pessimistic, but before he dies, he has to give away his uh, uh, biography, or maybe on the day of his death and uh, all the secrets that what why did he did what he did has to be written in his biography. I mean, it's wild. Like last over, Jokinder Sharma was like, I remember exactly. Remember, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it's like, how many odds were against Jokinder Sharma that, like, you know, like he worked that day. He just worked that day. After that, no one heard of him. Like, that's that's also which 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 also actually you know when when talking about mindset, it also brings me to Formula One. Like, because you know, I I said right, I wasn't into sports. Because I was thinking about the sport, it's 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 about race. It's a race. No, it's not. It's about fucking mindset. You know, like how the players go through. And if people who are listening, if you haven't watched Drive to Survive, watch it. Watch it like now. It's it's a it's an amazing documentary. And it's not like you like sports. You will love the sport after watching this. Absolutely, no doubt, no doubt. And it's I mean, so sport, watch- and you love Daniel Ricciardo also. <laughs> Australians are amazing, mate. <laughs> so I was like. That's crazy, crazy. Yeah, what are you saying, man? I too watched the documentary after you guys suggested me to watch it. It was both yeah. the seasons. It was when it's a team sport and it's so minute things can matter on the race. But you know, like talking about that sport also from a mindset perspective, that you're what is a six G? I mean, the gravitational force. If you're riding that fucking car, you know, if you're going and to know the track. Basically, you don't have any reaction time, right? And there are people like Leclerc, Lando Norris, who are like nineteen, twenty years old, twenty, twenty, twenty-one. But insane, insane! How can you have that kind of mindset at this particular age? I mean, obviously, they are doing this from a very, very long time. We're also going to talk about Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton. Also, we're going to talk about Alonso, Artin Senna. But, but, what do you guys think about that sport, and why do you like it? Speaking about Formula One, bro. Like, yeah, it is. It is like every fraction of a second matters. You know, like it is the reaction time. Let's say, or maybe that engineer who's gonna change the tire. The speed of the activity that he's doing is also so. Yeah, the the complexity of the sport, and you know, every every little decision the driver has to make of you know where when to take the pit stop or what tires. to put on and also considering about the the climatology let's say it's gonna it's gonna rain or if it's hot so yeah this very much like i i told you before also you know like in my perspective if i would say formula 1 drivers are the most intelligent sports person because of all these factors yeah in yeah. fact Unfortunately, the team that does this is Williams. They are the last place team in Formula One. But if you have to become a driver for Williams, you actually have to clear an engineering test. That's when they even sign you on as a driver because they think you should be qualified enough to be able to give. At least it used to be like that till you know the era of Jensen Button and like like maybe even a couple years ago. I don't know if they still do that because they clearly are not learning anything from their car. But uh, I think the whole the intelligent sports person thing is very underrated like if you talk about cricket intelligence it's about things like how to do your bowling changes or what field set to have for which batsman what matchups to do in formula 1 it's actually not just like intelligence about the sport it's just intelligence about the technicalities behind the machinery that's there in the sport 
even as recently as last week when hamilton won the championship people debated whether it was a car that won him the championship or whether it was a driver that won the championship practically very few people realizes or realizes at the later stage that okay this is a team sport but do you think like with with the current technologies when it comes to mercedes right also what do you think like hamilton could i mean he's he's definitely very very good but what percentage of his championship like the last two ones the last two championship would you contribute to like the car i would definitely attribute a big part of the championship to the car but so before i get into that thing is what i should definitely tell is that i don't i'm not at all fond of hamilton i absolutely for some weird reason i i, I admire the guy i admire the work he does the social work that he does outside of the track and everything as a formula 1 driver i am borderline despising him and i really don't know why that is it's just that's just how it has been for a while i started following formula 1 right around the sebastian vettel era and he was at that time the serial winner i've noticed this with a lot of people i don't know why that is but he didn't have that feel as if you know he was he was not affable but he wasn't actually very um, divisive in the fandom everyone unanimously had like he is good he is done Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let him be. That's it. They have. They were largely indifferent towards him, if not a fan. But with Hamilton, there is a very clear divide. There are a very large number of people who don't like Hamilton as well, despite hmm. being very ardent. What is what is the reason? I think that's because of the car. But <laughs> I think it's because he's able to win relatively easily compared to the other people. But I think that's where a minor technicality comes in. I think he is the only. For me, the greatest of all time debate here is shaped between exclusively two people, which is either Michael Schumacher or Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, which is also the recent current scenario. Like both are eight. exactly, exactly, and uh, both at their peaks were driving the fastest car in the field. There's no debate about that. But despite driving the fastest car in the field, Lewis Hamilton is actually the only one who has managed to beat another driver who was. individually capable of also winning a world championship because Lewis Hamilton kept Nico Rosberg quiet for two whole seasons and Rosberg himself went on to win a championship so he was a quality driver i'm not saying that people who drove with Schumacher were not quality drivers Felipe Massa lost world championships by one point and things like that but he had a ridiculously dominating record against them they weren't able to match him in the same machinery whereas Hamilton had a driver who was able to perform at his level and yet he was able to surpass him so that is i think what will push hamilton just a little over the edge of a um, yeah. little over schumacher in the greatest of all time debate for me what about the young guys before we move to kavi like what about the young guys you you're a uh, ferrari fan right luckluck luckluck fan but but what who among the young guys you think like okay it's really good max verstappen max uh, he's a beast yeah, i think german dude he's german right He is Dutch. No, Dutch, Dutch. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think between, um, I think the future of the world championship will be between Leclerc and Verstappen, unless someone new comes in and just starts dominating. Yeah. And also because these guys already drive for the top three, one of the top three teams. Unfortunately, Ferrari is not there anymore. But um, that's sad, bro. Change <laughs> me to say that, but it's true. Uh, but that being said, I think. Um, Verstappen came in at 17. Mm-hmm. Like the the season when Daniel just one season before Daniel Ricciardo left Red Bull, 
he still managed to outscore ricardo who in turn had managed to outscore even sebastian vettel in the exact a slightly a year older car and uh, he had ridiculous pace back then and he has matured so much as a driver like he used to just randomly get into crashes because he thought he was faster than the other driver now he doesn't do all that he has matured so much he has learned so much and he's a whole different driver now the red bull car is definitely difficult to drive because alex albon and um was the guy pierre gasly both of them tried both of them failed spectacularly mm-hmm. this guy is still in a whole different league in that exact same car he is still competing with the mercedes in far inferior machinery so i you think see that within alex albon and you know max verstappen you can literally see that there is a three four yeah. car so yeah. and even today for instance verstappen qualified uh, three in bahrain and Albon was four, but he was still half a second slower than must happen in the same car over one lap. Half a second over one lap multiplied by sixty-six, seventy-two laps is a ridiculous pace difference. So by sheer raw pace, I think must happen is going to be the future. But then again, I think it will come down to what cars he gets to drive because Fernando Alonso was expected to be multiple-time world champion even after his two titles and. Yeah, I, I would agree with the, the you know future battles being between Verstappen and Leclerc, and also I would add George Russell to it. I guess if you, hmm. if you interesting, yeah, because he's he's quite young and he's in in you know he's in Williams car right now, so I guess he's not getting a lot of you know good machinery, if I would say, to compete to that level or also to score a point. He's not even yet scored a point. He's just qualified. Qualified. Yeah. He just yeah. Just he just also also he to the max what he has qualified is to Q two. is not even qualified to q3 to be in the top 10 to start the race so yeah but if he gets a chance to you know uh, change his car from williams to i guess he's a mercedes driver so he's going to get the seat at mercedes in the future so with the mercedes car if you you know see then george russell can be, be the one who can threshold should be with the mercedes car if you can't win a title then we know for sure you don't deserve to be in f1 <laughs> But, yeah. but but what do you think like hamilton will retire next year after winning after surpassing schumacher he should right he should like now he should but i guess he still looks in good shape so i don't think so he's going to retire yeah or at least go to some other car and give someone else the opportunity to no i don't <laughs> think so he's going to go to other car as well if he's going to retire retire at the high right retire at the high yes makes sense hmm hamilton i think uh, he talks a lot about things like moving away from the sport and all that i don't know why he does that that's part of the reason why i don't like him but um, i if i was him i would see actually no reason to leave because it just doesn't make sense you are winning you are in form you are arguably the driver to beat there is absolutely no reason why you would leave the field he got the story he got the childhood this thing like strong yeah i would say a strong struggle phase yeah. Of we have been through from right from the early days to where he is. So he's just like he's just like back of the man. We all know that he is like fucking way good, and we are like okay, the the race is no fun now, but we all know that he is pure skill. But dude, like yeah. talking about like sorry, the question was like apart from non-Indian and even Indian players, I would say like even in IPL, you see like one player comes in and you're like what the fuck was this like pevatia you you have seen that guy pevatia ah. <laughs> what was that like one game five sixes cannot this is not uh, comprehensible but, but what do you think i think coming like uh, uh 
uh, Indian guys as well, or you know, like non-Indian players, or talking about IPL. Apart from the goats, we talked about it's like upcoming player you like. Dude, we have a lot of Indian players who can you know play at international level. We can actually form like two international <laughs> team. <laughs> two, you know, two, I guess. Probably even more than two. So many of these guys would be playing international cricket if they were in any other country apart from India. Like Shubman yeah, exactly. Gill in a country like New Zealand, he'll just walk into the eleven. Sanju Shubman Samson Gill, as a Nitesh keeper batsman. Yeah. 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 No, Surya uh, Kumar Yadav. Exactly. Surya Kumar Yadav hasn't even been in the India squad. Exactly. Is there something so, about Mumbai that anyone team. enters that team, they started performing? Surya Kumar Yadav was like KK and nobody saw him. Like. You know, that's actually a very, very good point. So, that's one thing that separates Dhoni from Kohli, the captain. So, from what I've noticed, some captains have the ability to elevate a player's performance to the next level. Like, for instance, even in football, Cryoff was known to do that. The whole team plays at a different level if he is the captain or the coach. In here, like even in cricket, so many players have performed well under a Dhoni captaincy compared to any other captaincy. Like, for instance, Kuldeep Yadav. With Dhoni, he was on track to be... One of the leading leg spinners in the world, wrist spinners in the world. And then he just, Dhoni just went away. And since then, Kuldeep Yadav also just went away silently. Like nothing has happened. He's playing three games a season now. Raina was peak, dude. Raina was at peak with Dhoni. Raina, uh, there's yeah. also Jaydev Unatut. The one season he played with Dhoni, he took, he was a purple cap contender for uh, Rising Pune Super Giants. And then yeah. Rajasthan Royals bought him for like 12 crores, 16 crores. And, Something like that and nothing happened after that. Same thing with Ben Stokes, the T20 player. The season he played for Pune, he was a different beast. And then just faded away into T20. But now Ben Stokes is a different player again, but for different reasons. Interesting. So, similarly, Ambati Raido actually, when he was playing in Mumbai, he was a good player. He was, Harsha Bokli said this, he was a 30s, 40s consistent player. But coming to Chennai, he became 70s, 80s player match in match out. So, it's there is just something about these people that gets the best out of everyone else around them. God knows what it is, but I wish I could quantify it better. I, mean, I, I, I would like to extend on the point that Aditya said. So, why is it that um, India, despite of having so many star players, and not many, pe- not many people are able to make it in the Indian team? So, back when, you know, this uh, all the four, uh, you know, the four top players, that is Kane Williamson, Kohli, Steve Smith and uh, Joe Root were upcoming. Okay. So Joe, Joe Root was asked, uh, do you feel the pressure of uh, you know, pressure of being compared to the other three players? So, it was like, no, I don't feel the pressure. On being asked why he doesn't feel the pressure, he said that, see, in England, people f- follow a lot of sports. If you look at England as a country, okay, they're good in Olympics also. So, people have ex- expectations from Olympics from uh, hockey, from uh, football, from from other sports too, from their country. But when it comes to India, the people are solely solely dependent on uh, India representing uh, the cricket uh, dom- dominion. The India doesn't do good in uh, any other sort sports, so it's uh, quite uh, pressurizing on the players too. And not many players can take it. I mean, there are good players, but the ability to handle pressure is a different thing at that level. Yeah. That's also a very good point. Like, what you were saying about Indian country as a sport, as a like soccer, if you say, like, we recently saw like Sunil Chetri appeal to masses that okay, come and watch us play, right? Okay, and uh, 
then people showed up like in mumbai mumbai i guess it was in, in mumbai right the matches were yeah. bangalore i think uh, yeah so what do you think i guess sunil chetri also mentioned in one of the interview which i really like that he said that you know like we appreciate someone when they reach that level in india but that support is not there like to reach greatness you need that support from the government from the people from everyone it's a collective this thing but it's a country of 1.3 billion people with all sort of resources and we appreciate someone only when that person reaches that particular stage or level but i mean it's it's not a like emotional question i know there is a emotional aspect to it like okay you know why can't we watch the sport we have been through that argument i don't want to discuss that again because that is an emotional side but from a pure perspective like from pure viewer point of view do we play, we play shitty football or we play some shitty other sports that's the reason we don't watch it or what do you think like do, don't we have an infrastructure of maintaining quality sportsmen or developing such kind of sportsmen what's the actual reason in your i just, you know i you know this i mean you say this often you know everything can be blamed on capitalism so this uh, capitalism is sometimes good but that is also yeah, sometimes good but you know this is how, how i see it so if you, if i'm not wrong uh, india started to gain a lot of uh, support and uh, the the power in the, the power in the in the cricket cricketing world was after uh, uh, after ipl because uh, lalit modi had done a very uh, huge business made ipl a huge business and that got uh, that made bcci overpower icc too <clears throat> so even as such icc is the 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 top body or top cricketing body in the world but bcci dominates it it's just something we don't say it out loud just like yeah say it out loud but it happens so 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 the so the football football does not uh, cannot produce so much money as ipl does so people aren't focusing on uh, on football as such i mean mukesh ambani is focusing on football but that's a different thing that's charity so Yeah, so I guess football will gain uh, will be will gain grounds in India when it is already successful as a growing component. Uh, so don't you think it's a football like it's like more the people see the game, more ah, the so more validation it will generate. So it's a circle. Yeah, right? so it's like now I I would I I I don't like to I wouldn't like to bring it down to this level, but it's like. कि अगर लड़के के पास ग्रीन कार्ड है तो it is automatically automatically assume that he is a very good uh, husband. बट अगर इंडिया में स्ट्रगल करके ऊपर आया है तो फिर ना ही नहीं दैट स्ट्रगल इज नॉट वर्थ इट इट्स नॉट दैट या वी अप्रूव ऑफ दैट जोक या वी वी नो द स्ट्रगल बट रिमाइंडिंग अस दिस वाज अ गेटवे फ्रॉम अवॉइडिंग दैट डिस्कशन बट वी नो दैट फील सो या आई मीन सी आई डोंट आई डोंट इवन डाउट द कैपेबिलिटी ऑफ इंडियन फुटबॉलर्स ओके दे आर गुड दे माइट नॉट बी गुड आई डोंट नो बट आई अज्यूम दैट दे आर गुड बिकॉज़ दे आर मेकिंग दे आर मेकिंग देयर लाइवलीहुड आउट ऑफ इट एंड इफ यू आर मेकिंग अ लाइवलीहुड आउट ऑफ समथिंग देयर हैज टू बी सम कंक्रीटनेस टू इट एंड इट्स नॉट रिसीविंग अटेंशन बिकॉज़ मे बी यू नो द सेम रीजन बिकॉज़ इट डज नॉट गैदर सो मेनी व्यूज एज मच एज आईपीएल वी नीड वी नीड ज्लातन इन इंडिया दैट इज आल्सो वी गोना कम टू ज्लातन फॉर फॉर आई फॉर आईएसएल Uh, for I said, I the what you were saying. I the you were you were saying something. So I actually so in football, yes, it's true. So okay, um, I just want to break a small myth, a small thing that we 
at least as a country we keep telling ourselves we say things like you know we don't have the infrastructure to play well in other sports which is why we don't honestly that's not entirely true because one thing that i've noticed is that a lot of different sports person persons who sports people who come from different countries they don't have the greatest of infrastructures either so for instance lewis hamilton completely different background he's not like born to a billionaire dad much like a lot of other formula 1 drivers in the past or current uh, out of the current lot have had the he didn't have access to that kind of resources he had to grind through the whole way nathan lyon was just a groundsman at sydney cricket ground before he went on to play for australia this guy manus labushain who now plays for australia he is also he used to be a kit man and so many ten- a ridiculous number of grand slam winning tennis players have just you know been people who were ball boys and just went on to play the sport at a high level because they just had the the right backing i wouldn't say they had the right infrastructure novak djokovic for instance came from a war torn country and there was no actual precedence for serbia being great in tennis before he came in yet he went on to be what 17 time slam champion six time world year in world number 1 what not so it comes down a lot to just the right kind of paper pushing so often you know you just need the right people to give you the right opportunity the infrastructure is entirely secondary in our country i think the bigger problem that we need to solve is you see a talented player just push the right paper for him and make sure that he is able to represent someone at you know the district level state level things like that whether or not your team has budget to buy 30 footballs whether or not you have you know money to have gym equipment all that is secondary just the right kind of chances right. to even create a team that i think is what needs to come in first backing is a really really good word yeah. a really good point yeah there should be like grassroots programs you know for like small kids to teach them sports at a very you know young age so that they could grow and then be good at the sport because looking at like what our population is 1 billion okay 1 billion still we stand nowhere in olympics standing like comparing to other countries let's say for example china also they don't play any other sports but i guess still in gymnastics this they score all the golds china is a very very good example that i think we can learn from they weren't as good at the olympics maybe even like three olympics ago four olympics ago at least but they had they made a concerted effort they decided we are going to dominate on the it world stage it was a movement from the government itself i remember the government actually have that on the agenda once they got into power and they are saying like okay this is what we are going to do and this is the map we are going to lay down in god's power or they were always in power kairo the government man <laughs> uh, again trying to digress through the topic and <laughs> but uh, but yes i mean yeah i mean that it is, we can give some credit in that sense to china when it comes to that yeah and now they are so good and getting better at so many different sports so i don't know what they were good at initially i don't i didn't follow the olympics or any other sports that much outside of the conventional realm but starting since at least you know places like the 2004 or the 2008 olympics they have gotten so good at things like badminton things like um swimming interestingly they have had nba players they are they are just yeah, pushing on and on in so many different areas and we are just you know still there thinking our population is a resource but we are not doing anything with it so 
It's also good band, and you know, you mentioned China. There's also Japan, who is like who their height of their average young population is comparatively very at the bottom when it comes to all this country, and they are very good in like basketball and volleyball team. That's what I was just following volleyball, and I'm I saw the Japan team playing, and they they are really good, really really good. But uh, but yeah, it's it's a very good point, right? The the right backing yeah. instead of right infrastructure. Because if someone wants to play, he will play. That person, he or she will play, irrespective of you know, uh, it's just allowing them to play or not, pushing the right paperwork. That that I, I'm gonna take that away from you. What you said, Aditya, like pushing the right paperwork. But that's where the problem lies in India. You know, pushing the paperwork. <laughs> it goes through many tables before reaching the right table. but uh, again a uh, unnecessary metaphor i also want to talk about the sensitive topic but we going to talk about it and just be honest about it because i want this to be very very honest when it comes to this particular topic and what do you think about equal pay right okay it's a i would not say it's a very very sensitive topic i would just say it's a topic where we can be biased because we are all men here talking about equal pay so it's it's kind of a bias in the very first place to talk from a perspective of a gender which is not present in this particular podcast just saying that before that but again just wanted to be honest of what do you think when it comes to equal pay in sports starting with aditya what do you think i'm going to come to you manan manan is pretty excited fucking dude he's <laughs> smiling he's smoking right there but yeah what do you think aditya? so i have a so in a utopian society equal pay works i agree but unfortunately we are not in a utopia we are in a capitalistic society i think the team that makes more money gets more money it's that is um the rationale i go by for instance if you want to go for equal pay people look at it as a gender based equal pay thing but that's not entirely true right it's also about which sport gets paid more or which team in a league gets paid more which athletes in a tournament get the higher appearance fee so whoever makes you more money is rewarded that is the idea of exactly. capitalism fundamentally like barca and real make so much more money than any other team in la liga and there is a there is very strong rationale for it where i think the whole equal pay argument needs to come in is whoever whichever person or team makes you more money give them more money yes maybe take a little bit of it and help the other side develop as well that is a very subjective conversation that's like an entirely different conversation but i don't think it is fair to just you know have equal pay as an enforced concept and then see if development happens because that is not sustainable simply because and and this works for both ways like for instance in the us they had a really messed up system where the men's team of uh, us men's team soccer team was getting paid far higher than the women's team whereas the women's team is actually the one raking in the money that i think fundamentally needs to change women's sports needs to get the importance that it deserves especially in sports where they are definitely the economically uh, flag bearing side of things that 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 is an issue of addressing sexism but i don't think equal pay and that are the same debate i just want to separate that out first and then when it comes to the equal pay itself i just think whichever team makes you more money give them more money that's it mm-hmm. it's the job of the federation to make sure to federation or whatever it is governing entity to make sure that the other side is developing as well get into a position of egalitarianism where everyone is able to demand that equal money but up until then I think whoever gets you more money gives gets more money that's it 
Yeah, actually, I mean, what Aditya, he brought up a really good uh, topic of American uh, football. So, um, as far as I read, okay, uh, the women were given the contract uh, by the US Football Federation that you will be paid on the basis of your success, that is, or the matches you play. It was a variable concept. Yeah, it was a variable concept that uh, depending on the matches you play, you'll be paid and if you win, you'll be paid accordingly. But uh, so the women's football team only said that, oh, no, 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 this is not what we want. Uh, we want the same as men. Uh, that yeah, both should be paid equally. Now, what happened is recently when they, were, when they won the World Cup, they started, now, then they realized that, oh, we are actually better than the American men's football team. Which didn't even qualify for the World Cup. Federation. So what the Federation had suggested them that was best for them, that since you are a better team, you, are, you take the variable concept and will be given the constant concept to men's football team. They denied it. And then they went to court asking that the Federation is discriminating them on the basis of their success. So that was the hypocrisy that uh, they played uh, very well. And they are just like Aditya said, so there are some sports that are highly dominated by women. I mean, as far as uh, the stats, I don't know the stats, but my observation is concerned. So if you look at sports like uh, gymnastics, if you look at sports like ice skating, those are dominated by uh, women. So if you want to push women in, in uh, the sporting direction, they better, better uh, you know, help them grow in that sports. If you look at football, okay, not all the uh, women's football team is uh, is is as competitive. The the U.S. Uh, women's football team is highly competitive. That is that they have shown in their performance. If you look at other teams, they are not as uh, competitive as they should be. So focusing and uh, men football is better, and focusing on uh, the ice skating or the gymnastics for women is better. Yeah. J- depending on what they are good at. Kavi, what do you think? Yeah, I would say, see, also one more thing is like, you know, looking at the records, let's say, you know, if if you're looking at a world record of 100 meter race or something, it's held by men. Man, like, yeah, Usain Bolt, for example. You look at other records as well. If, if those are, you know, held by a man, so that means like, yeah, they are doing it better in a way. And then also like raking in much more income. So somewhere... It has to be, they also have to be paid more. That's what I feel. Like, yeah, I agree with the point that Aditya made in a way, you know, about about to make them better, like women, if if they are not uh, being provided with the specific infrastructure or let's say, like the services. Yeah, we can, we can help them develop in a way so that they can be at a competitive level. Yeah, I... Just spinning this slightly differently, I just think the concept of equal pay is often misunderstood when it is associated with gender. So if you talk about equal pay for men and women, there are a lot of other things that you need to address, including opportunities, including grassroots level growth, a lot of things like that. But these exact same problems apply even if you talk about a concept such as equal pay for, let's say, different teams in the uh, different teams playing in the ICC Cricket World Cup or different teams that are members of FIFA. 
I would be laughed out of a room, a boardroom meeting if I say that India is a member of FIFA and needs to get as much money as Spain does. And the reason for that is simply because we just don't make that much money from an economic perspective. So I think the approach of getting Spain more money is definitely the right one. Getting India lesser money is definitely the right one. I think how the balance can change and how development can happen is that have a more egalitarian system of how the money is distributed. Right now, it's not even close to you know what, let's say, the Indian men's and women's cricket team. What they each earn is entirely different. One is a team of superstars in terms of the money they earn and the other is treated like a very, you know, maybe like a, a little better than a Ranji Trophy team. But I think where the difference can happen is, let's say the men's team makes you 90% of the revenue for the sake of the argument. I'm sure they make far lesser. Maybe they make far more. I don't know the exact numbers. But let's say the men's team makes 90% of the revenue and women's team makes 10% of the revenue for it. Just split the revenue or split the payments rather, not by 90-10, maybe make it like 75-25. So that way, you're also incentivizing the other side to take up sport like you're incentivizing india to play more football you're incentivizing girls to play more cricket but at the same time you're also not de-incentivizing or demotivating the other side to not play enough just because they won't get paid enough no it, it's it's like mm. we always look at from a perspective of men versus women or gender bucketing right it, it's got to be viewed from a perspective of a team that performs well and team does not perform well comparatively Rather than yeah. just doing it from a men, women perspective, which makes sense, I guess, which perfectly makes sense. Like most of the people even saying like, you know, talking about equal pay, is the conversation about men versus women or is the conversation about the team who is performing well and the team who needs support? Like, and a team, it, it can be two different sports as well. Like a, so, let's say an Indian cricket team is doing extremely good which we know about and Indian men's football team is not doing that good. So taking the certain portion of the revenue, which I explained and giving them to the football team is kind of makes sense. And it's not like giving 50, 50% of the revenue. It's not splitting that way, but let's say if the Indian cricket team is winning, they get like 10% of their revenue goes to, I guess, football team to make them grow up or setting up that infrastructure or that backing support. It makes sense, which yeah. So the conversation is about completely different now. It's not exactly, about- and and I genuinely think you know where the whole parity should be established is at a more grassroots level. Like let's say a school has sports teams, right? There are I think it's very common practice in India to have a ridiculous amount of men's sports teams, whereas practically no women's sports teams. Establish the parity there. Tell four schools to have teams to get yeah, girls to play schools, as well. Exactly. If literally forced to have a women's team. A school should exactly. have. Uh, yeah. So there you're addressing the problem by creating equal opportunities. So if maybe that is one way of getting more uh, attention towards other sports as well and from other genders as well. So that is one thing. And it's like, I think the debate is often framed in a very uh, equal pay perspective very broadly because equal pay is also an issue in several other industries. There are tech industry issues where women are not getting paid as much as men, but that is definitely wrong. Like a software engineer, regardless of gender should get paid a standard amount in a company. Yes. That's an entirely different uh, um, 
circumstance though here you are looking at a commercial sports team at a school level make sure that every team gets the same funding that's perfect at a commercial level you cannot your highest money making product is the one that gets the most attention it's that is how any corporate entity is going to boil it down to a very simple level it's it's entertainment right sports is not entertainment let me clarify i feel that it's not entertainment it's no way close to entertainment but at the end it is a machine that churns out money you know like th- that is what a simple definition i would say bringing it to very layman's point of view so even if let's say both the teams are very very good men women i'm and i'm again bringing this because i wanted to see how we can view this conversation from a different perspective like let's say both the teams are really really good let's say us men's team is also good us women team is also really good same applies for india also but let's say this is the case what do will people watch like what is more entertaining watching and this this i'm i'm not asking you from a general standpoint but i'm asking you from a you know this is not a patriotic question also like it's obvious that okay i will watch a f- you know female if if the indian women's cricket team is playing in the semi final i'll watch it makes sense that is a patriotic touch to that but will i watch it if both the teams are equally good and at the same stature when it comes to their individual leagues what is more entertaining i think you you get what uh, i'm trying to i know i know i do um, i feel better articulated but but i get what what i'm asking yeah so i'm going to just put a tiny bit of spin on it so i'll answer the question first the answer is let's say both the teams are playing on the same day i would definitely watch the men's team but for me the factor there would be because of relatability i cannot argue saying that the quality of men's cricket is higher because if you notice places like big bash league recently the quality is way too good even for the women's cricket but for me it comes down to people have grown up admiring relatability and all that and it's really unfortunate that i haven't had the chance to grow up admiring women athletes but let me spin it a little bit and put it this way let us say tomorrow ferrari signs a female driver i still would watch i would still would support ferrari that wouldn't change because there is a female driver out there so i don't think it's about the gender i think it comes down to whom i already support at this point it comes down to relatability whom i have grown up admiring so that being said on the same platform yes i would definitely watch regardless of who what the gender of the person sitting in the car is i would still support that team so that is the broader answer to the question yeah i mean i i was i was just doing a, i mean where this question came from this was just a random question i was doing a random google search on what was the viewership of uh, you know us women soccer team final match versus uh, you know i would say nfl final match you know like considering both the situation and both are extremely at top of their game but it it's it's but it, it, it this should be a question for a woman i would say Uh, that will be a better question to a women to ask like because that in that case the relatability will also be there but is also the relatability is because we have grown up seeing seeing them so women as women in india has also grown up seeing players like sachin tendulkar so exactly, her real relatability is also with sachin tendulkar also exactly because a very good example is so i was working in a sports company in uh, 2018 in the second half of 2018 and the olympics was going olympics was going on yes no something was going on world cup asian games no 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 um one of those i think it was the asian oh, games yeah 
can be in 18 because commonwealth last commonwealth in india was at 2010 i guess so 14 18 no 10 14 18 right okay anyway the time is irrelevant but let me just broaden out that example so for instance when let's say pv sindhu is playing oh, in the olympic final match the gold medal match all of india was supporting for her regardless of the gender yes that's driven by patriotism true but i don't think at that point of time we have had too many male badminton players whom we have grown up admiring from our country so it is easy to rally behind any person who is from our country regardless of gender because they are the first set of people who have gone up to that level so i think even people who genuinely think that they'll rally behind their gender i think they'll change their minds if they have a chance to look the other way so makes sense i mean we have sanya mirza we have not i mean mahesh bhupati or leander pace is i would not say like both they are not like economies that's a different conversation but it's kind of like every gk textbooks have more of sanya mirza like we i got to yeah. know about sanya mirza first then i got to know about leander pace and mahesh bhupati yeah because sanya mirza was like he was a better singles player than any other indian man i would say so so we grew up you know you know knowing her her he was a very good even mahesh bhupati was Leander I guess Mahesh Bhupati and Leander Pace used to play like doubles with some you know other nationality or maybe with, with nationality. together both together or something. So yeah, so we 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 knew Sanya Mirza as like yeah she is playing at you know singles and at a Grand Slam level, regardless of what she used to maybe get knocked out in first round or second round. But still, to to play at that level was commendable. But I mean, what Aditya said perfectly makes sense. Like relatability factor. It's, it's yeah. not about like uh, entertainment. It's like like who we are, who we can relate to more. Like that's and it's it's also come to sports, right? Because there is NFL going on here in United States, and I have watched the game. I have understood the game, but there is something missing, you know, which doesn't make me watch each and every game like other Americans do. that's relatability you know like that is that one factor which is missing which doesn't make me go like okay uh, i'm going to watch this game and it's not patriotism because i watch premier league i also watch la liga barcelona games it's not like exactly. thing but it's something missing which you have grown up watching so that that comes with relatability but that makes sense coming coming back to the question we missed when it comes to like soccer uh any any early players any young players you're rooting for like when it comes to premier league or la liga like any any of the young players you have in mind who are like extremely extremely good you're going to talk about premier league as well i'm just looking at the table right now the premier league table but uh dude it, it dude this year the premier league is going to be very exciting dude, very exciting everyone I... can win the game dude anyone <laughs> so crazy It's wild. It's wild. Premier uh, League this year. Yeah, dude. I mean, coming to your question, Kaira. See, I personally cannot give an opinion because I don't. Uh, I'm not in touch with the stats and with the players, or you know, in depth with the young players. All I can say is that people are rooting for Ansu Fati to be the next uh, goat of uh, the of of football. Ansu Fati and. Um, This is a Phil Foden, if I am not wrong, is playing for Manchester City. City. Yeah. So, yeah. Fernando is also there is City player. Don't forget Mbappe. Mbappe. Yeah, Mbappe. 
I want Mbappe so bad to play good, but he just like I have a good is just PSG, so you never know. <laughs> like Farmers League, <laughs> what will happen? Uh, yeah, but uh, but yeah, Phil Phil Foden really. I was I, I just watched City versus Burnley today. What the fuck? Riyad Mahrez hat trick. Uh, but but so the other the question is like about Premier League table. Premier League this year and about the young players who are who are like really really good in in your opinion like who are extremely good in soccer. I actually can't pick one. There are so many, especially out of England. There are so many right now. Is I would because all of you named all the others. I was yeah. thinking of I would say Trent Alexander Arnold. He is yeah. he would be my pick. So England has so many players. So many. Center forwards right now they don't. I mean, who should they play? <laughs> like everyone. Uh, uh, form, like what do you? What is the cutoff for young player? What is the age cutoff for young player? Okay, mm-hmm. he's not young anyway. I was gonna say human son because ooh, ooh, ooh. Asian, but he's not ooh. young. So beast, beast again, beast two point yeah. two. Moreno is like fucking. He 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 knows what to do with the players. For sure, yeah. is second right now. They have won like four matches in the last five games. One draw. Yeah, they haven't. They haven't lost since opening day. Actually, they are just at one loss still. So, I, I, Kavi and Kairo, do you remember we had this conversation about uh, authentication and being uh, controversial? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. <laughs> I, that was the point. See, Aditya, so some time ago, okay. We were having some conversation regarding being being authentic and honest, uh, and uh, being uh, being diplomatic. So I was rooting for the cause that a person has to be authentic and honest, and uh, it, and it should reflect in his work also. So my the what happened is I was I gave this example of Mourinho. Okay, so it, he he says things that uh, you know might offend the reporters or. Um, Or some other people like oh no I don't care or I've won it three times his arrogance is visible but when it comes to his game he hasn't shown his arrogance so for me Marina has to be the 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 kind of personality that I would admire rather than someone uh, rather than being a coach who is uh, you know who is very defensive and uh, you know he's he's being very diplomatic with the journalist but he's not showing his results in the, on the team that is not something that I would root for yeah, which also I mean. Talking about managers also, we can talk about managers also. Yeah, yeah. managers. I after I watch all or nothing, uh, I just like dude. Mori. It has to be Mori. You know that moment where he predicted Pogba's pass. Oh <laughs> yeah, he. he I guess was... I guess there was some clipping which wasn't shown, but I know at the moment he might have said like he's fucking dumb. He will pass it here. He he is dumb. Pogba will not retract back. You know, like in the entire game that only happened in the Tottenham game also. He didn't came back. Pogba was just like loosely giving up the game, and he actually predicted the pass. So that was a moment. Moreno was like, "Shit, this is insane." The thing is, he knows him very well, right? You know, yeah. back back in his Manchester United days, he knows Pogba very well, and yeah. I don't think Pogba has changed his game a lot so that you know that Moreno wouldn't know. So it was predictable for him. So yeah, but that is wild to tell that. It it comes with uh, how many how many Premier League three Premier League three Premier League three Premier League champions. And after seeing all or nothing, actually, I also like when you saw the other side of Mourinho, what he is inside the dressing room. I have a feeling that he is sometimes intentionally arrogant with the media so that he keeps the attention on himself and not the team. 
I had that feeling. It might not be true. It might not be true. But I genuinely felt that because, except for the times where he, you know, like particularly points out one player or when he says things like, "This is the best I can do with this United squad." Apart from things like that, I genuinely think that United squad actually wasn't that strong. I think any like it is a fact, and because of how quiet. people who have succeeded him have been now they are able to see the cracks in the squad compared to when back then it was all attributed to mourinho's negativity oh, and vibe yeah, with the dressing room so yeah actually you know this aditya what he said is really true so i yesterday you know kayo just like you told me do some research okay i was watching the the managers wala documentary on netflix so there is this episode on mourinho and in the beginning itself you know jurgen klopp is uh, he he has uh, it's a clip of jurgen klopp and jurgen klopp is saying that uh, you know unless and un- i mean he's saying um, unless uh, unless you are the journalist uh, he's good to everyone so it's like it's evident that he knows that the journalist deliberately you know poke uh, try to poke in the weak spots so it is better to be arrogant and hem them away it's and even when he was at united okay when he left united marino said that uh, you know if somebody is able to i mean i guess man united finished second or third that season second, he yeah. after leaving he said that uh, you know if somebody is able to i mean this is the best i can do with manchester united there is no other coach who will do better than uh, me with this team of manchester united yeah. and that is proven That is cool. Yeah. I mean, even with even with Holland, I think I was watching and with Delhi Ali, he just said, "Dude, you got to stop the shit. You got to yeah. you got to yeah, you got to stop the shit. I don't care like how good you were. You got to do well in your training, and that's on. In the in the second, I guess in the second, in the first day only, he met with Harry Kane and he just said, 'Dude, I'm gonna. You want to be Messi or not? That's 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 the level he was talking uh, with. Like Harry Kane was like, Yeah, yes, of course, I want to be.'" So let's do it together. That that's it. I mean, you can't do that unless you're Mourinho, right? But but what what is your thinking when it comes to Guardiola versus Mourinho, like or Alex Ferguson? When it comes to like Arsene, I would say, or when it comes to top managers, what works and what did not? Yeah, work? like there, there is a lot of you know there is a lot of difference with with uh, between all the managers. So if you look at Sir Alex, okay, when he was appointed in oh, Sir Alex, uh, Sir Alex back in eighty five or eighty six, uh, he uh, he didn't do well for six or seven years. Yeah, yeah. He hadn't won uh, trophies, or if he hadn't, if he had won, it wasn't Premier League or some or the huge trophy. It was only in ninety one or ninety two that United started performing well, and then his stint continued from ninety two until he ended. So I guess he was given his own uh, gestation period that you know you are you have the responsibility of making this team legendary. So you'll be given all the resources. Take your time. Do what you have to do. You'll be given everything. The best part was Ferguson was that he before that no one knew. No one knew him. Like there was no. You know, there was no like smartphone era. There was like very few people followed. I would say in India, like football, soccer, and no one knew actually United to be that great. You know, like so that is an advantage you get. Like, but yeah. what do you think, Kavi? Not there. 
yeah you know obviously he got his time he got his time but what one thing which is not possible in this current time is that you can't give some manager like a 6 7 season six, period seven, where you don't perform yeah. because if you don't perform in the 6 7 period you might even get relegated these days yeah. definitely possible so that day it was possible maybe you know it was not competitive so much that other teams were dominating and then you know maybe still i guess he would still finish at top 4 or top 3 level in those 6 seasons so it was like yeah he's getting there he's getting there he might get there after the seventh season or something and which he did which he did for like other 20 seasons as well correct and he won 13 premier league titles later on so yeah but you can't do that you know currently so back when uh, you know in the peak of barca you know between 2009 and uh, until guardiola left <laughs> i was in awe of guardiola that oh my god this guy won all the trophies possible and just won competition and now that i've grown up i see that guardiola goes to only those clubs that are already performing well guardiola also tells time you know like the way spanish teams play you know guardiola is is knows them he's a king of you know spanish football yeah spanish football yeah do that to do that with premier league it it, it will take time definitely and with city It's completely with city. He has got everything. Like he's got every yeah. He has resources the... at his feet. De Bruyne, dude, you saw the De Bruyne pass today. I was watching the Burnley match and insane. He's the best midfielder, I would say. No doubt, no doubt. I haven't seen anyone so good. Which which player are you talking about? Kevin De Bruyne. De Bruyne. De Bruyne. No doubt, no doubt. But this is what I've seen. Like Guardiola, after he left Barcelona, he went to. Uh, Bayern Munich and Bayern Munich yeah. had had uh, one treble in the previous season, and uh, then he went to City, which is also like top class team in on terms of resources. So, as as a if you want to invite Guardiola, you're you have to be well prepared in 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 every matter. But if you don't have resources and you need rescue and you then it has to be Mourinho. Mourinho. Yeah. When when. That uh, in 2004, Marino won the Champions League with Porto. Porto. Oh, yeah. dude. Like, oh my God! This guy, this that guy. That is talent. That is talent. That is talent. Then he went I, to Chelsea. I had the same feeling with Leeds United this season, but I had I had the same feeling. You but Tottenham. Hmm. How Leeds United? You're talking about Tottenham, no? I'm going Leeds United. Tottenham. I'm definitely. I, I, I know for sure they will finish off in like at least first three. I guess they are winning this Premier League this year. They are winning the. Yeah, Premier they have a good chance. I would say they have a good chance. But dude, have you seen? Because Liverpool, Liverpool's defense is already you know completely sidelined. Uh, yes, they're they're no both their centre backs. Very soon there will be no one from the first team remaining. <laughs> no, I was talking about man, and I was talking about Leeds United. Okay, no, I haven't watched the match. They are fucking Carlos Ancelotti, right? Oh, okay. So they're Everton, bro. Everton. Carlos Ancelotti is Everton. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, he's also a good manager. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. He is a great manager, but like, I think if Leeds probably had a slightly stronger squad, if Leeds had like an Everton squad, I think they would be definite title contenders with Bielsa. But uh, yeah, actually. Yeah. all these teams that are playing in the second and the third tier these and at this point of time they were actually the champions team uh, before uh, it was before this league was termed as premier league so if you go back to the era of uh, you know maybe uh, 68 70s 80s okay yeah. 
Leeds United, Sheffield United were the top teams, and they were they they used to perform well in Premier League also, and they used to perform well in uh, FA Cup also. Sheffield United has won Champions League. See, two Champions League. When when when? Back in 1960s. Shit, dude. That's yeah. the only team. That's the only team other than Manchester United, I guess, in and the Chelsea. English Premier League, who has won Champions League. Champions League. Right? No, no, Chelsea has won, right? Chelsea, Chelsea won Chelsea, in very yeah. recently. Liverpool yeah. recently. Liverpool recently, yeah. yeah. And, six, I mean, six teams. But, yeah. So, England is like the hub because all the teams are, I mean, it is it is only in the recent times that uh, the teams are, the, the teams that were doing well aren't doing well. Or you can be Arsenal, like, just be satisfied with whatever you have in life. <laughs> But invincible. Um, yeah. Like, like if I had to ask you guys, guys, which is the team that you admire that is that can be considered the best of all time, or the match of any of the matches that you must have watched and you were like, oh my god, this match has to go down in history, or the team that has to go down in history. Like, if you look at 2014 uh, Madrid team, that has to go down in history. Also, look at. If you look at 2009 Barcelona team that won all the trophies, that has to go down in history. So, what is your team that uh, you would say that is go down in history or the match that goes down in history? The match which I have a very fond memory was like uh, 2008 uh, Champions League final United versus Chelsea. It went to penalty shootouts, bro. Okay, it went to. Pe- I guess I don't know. I don't remember exactly what the scoreline was. I guess it was one all. DDL Rogba scored the equalizer and then it uh, went to penalty shootouts and then it was like Petr Cech and Edwin Wendersar at that time. Yeah, right. The classic. And Terry missed his penalty. Cristiano Ronaldo, you wouldn't believe Ronaldo Cristiano Ronaldo, Ronaldo missed the penalty. Yeah. He, he hit on like Petr Cech's face and that dude saved with his like helmet. You know, you remember Petr Cech always uh-huh. wears the gear, the headgear that he has. And Cristiano Ronaldo straight away was dejected and crying after he missed the penalty. Also then, I guess John Terry missed one. Yeah, he John slipped. Terry missed. Yeah, he slipped. John Terry missed. And I, I exactly don't remember who else scored. But then it was the final decisive penalty that uh, Nicholas Anelka was about to take. And if they had scored that penalty, they would have won. It would have continued. But uh-huh. Nicolas Anelka missed and then Manchester United won the championship mm-hmm. that year. Where, but, uh, yeah, that one is, is is memorable for me. Because... Where, where is Anelka right now? He's, he, he played in... He was playing in some Chinese league. Uh, Chinese he, was playing, he was playing in uh, I, Mumbai City FC. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. I think he's still the coach, man, player manager of Mumbai City FC, right? No? Yeah, he, I thought he was still the player manager. manager. Oh, he, oh, 2014 yeah. 15, he was player manager. Yeah, he was 2005 Champions League final Liverpool versus Istanbul, yeah, uh, that was. Um, was they trailing 3 0? Yeah, trailing 3 0 and they equalized. Uh, it was trailing 3 uh, 0, okay. And in the second half, uh, get uh, 3 all and they go into penalties and then they win. It was the Steven Gerrard show in that match. Yeah, dude. Legend. Uh, One more fond memory I would say was uh, 2012-13 Premier League. Manchester City when Aguero won it for Manchester City and they won oh, goal difference. The classic. The classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That has to be. Uh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Moment. 
and there was this like uh, so extra time in premier league back then was still often called fergie time because fergie time exactly uh, ferguson was supposedly known to get extra time when united was in precarious positions and when aguero won in extra time in that goal city fans were chanting we won they were chanting we won it in fergie time um, that is why i i i know the facial expression of you know like the players when they found out that united like sorry city won But so on the final day the all the 10 matches are played at the same time and they like finish at the same time right the final whistle it was just like manchester united's match has been ended they won i guess 2-0 or 3-0 they had done their part you know of yeah. whatever they could do obviously they couldn't score like 10 goals or 12 goals whatever the goal difference was at that time they scored the goals they won the match they're waiting they're all waiting the scoreboard is showing manchester city versus uh, it was drawing yeah manchester city was drawing it was 2-1 Yeah, and, it was two yeah, one, and yeah. also uh, that Edin Dzeko also scored after ninety minutes, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Two goals after scoring stoppage time. Two goals after ninety minutes. Yes. Exactly. How can you do that? A final match, and then win the league on goal difference. That is heartbreaking. Yeah. That is. So I haven't actually seen a lot of these um, so-called. Uh, not so called these are actually iconic matches i haven't like the 2005 final for instance i haven't actually like seen it i only seen it from like videos or stuff but if i have to pick by like pure benchmarking even now i would say the 2003 arsenal invincibles that whole season yeah. they go completely unbeaten and the team it was so good they had henry burkham robert perez it was like yeah so that like Purely out of myth, I think that would be my pick for probably good team because sim- simply because even as as late as last season, that was still the benchmark that Liverpool Liverpool had to try and beat, and mm. it didn't work out. But in today's terms, it's almost unimaginable for any league to have that yeah, to have right. to go an entire season unbeaten. That's just mm-hmm. not going to happen. And Wenger City did it. Right. City 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 was close, I guess, two thousand eighteen. Yeah, when they won the hundred points. Yeah, they scored hundred points. Yeah, yeah, but even then, it wasn't. Uh, they, I think, they lost one game or something, right? Yeah, it wasn't invincible. Yeah, it wasn't. It, invincible. it wasn't like full, yeah. full, full run. But they won. They lost couple of, uh, quite a few games in the end, even Champions League. But um, nowadays, but, going invincible, you can only think. We you know when you play like FIFA Manager. <laughs> that that too is difficult unless you play in like. But did you see? Did you saw like Zlatan uh, posted on? I guess tweeted or posted on yeah. his Facebook that tweeted. I saw. I saw. FIFA, <laughs> FIFA doesn't have the rights. FIFA doesn't have the rights to. And Gareth Bale also joined there, and other players are also joining them. What? What? They gonna what? they gonna rake a lot of money from FIFA if they if they can't prove you know yeah. if they have the rights or not. Zla- I mean, they they have the avatar of uh, Zlatan and Zlatan and everyone in like FIFA. And Zlatan just like told that I'm I'm not a member of that you know like some FIFA association. You have to be the member and you have to be paid by the FIFA like the, their federation to be like to use their avatar like digital okay. presence. So he and he was fucking sarcastic there too. I was fucking sarcastic that a FIFA doesn't like something on the other like okay I I am the person who plays them or it was something but classic Zlatan like uh, but he he's a fucking good player dude. most number of uh, one of the most num- players who has like most number of league titles 
Yeah, I guess even even he has won in a uh, lot of leagues from uh, Ajax to Barca, then Inter Milan, Juventus, AC Milan, PSG, PSG, United. United. I I actually did he win? Did which Barcelona he didn't team win? win? No, 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 he didn't win. Nah. No, no, no. I'm talking about when he played for Barcelona. Did they win La Liga? Yeah, he played, he won in 2009. They won. No, no, no. He won. Damn. That was his probably his most iconic comment about Guardiola. You don't buy a Ferrari and run it like a Fiat. Why? <laughs> <laughs> My all-time favorite Zlatan quote. Who <laughs> <laughs> oh, do insane insane classic Zlatan dude. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that's uh, I guess pretty much it from this episode. I would say of Kekar. Unless you have any points or anything to discuss about specifically. I for for the lack of uh, time, quickly, what would be your picks for goat in tennis? Out of curiosity, tennis between Nadal and Federer. That has been tough. Like in other sports, it's difficult to. I mean, it's it's relatively easy to choose one player, but with tennis, it has been tough between Federer and Nadal. I will still go for. Federer, like I, I, I just saw. I remember first watching. My dad made me watch the Pete Sampras versus Federer game, two thousand three, I guess Wimbledon. That was my first memory of like tennis. And he actually, I, and he, I guess he mentioned that uh, he actually looked up to Pete Sampras, and he was one of his idol. And he actually played against him in Wimbledon, and just like that was the last game. I guess after that, Pete Sampras did not play and. That that was the time when Federer also peaked into what we called as a Federer era, and I start I saw the back end, and now that I I recently played tennis like a couple of months back with Aditya, and I understood that it's fucking difficult. What oh about, yeah. But but the class, you know, there is there is like few magic moments where you can't just you can just like stare at what the fuck he is doing, Federer wise. So for me, it's it it will be Federer. No, Federer Nadal is more like again Messi Ronaldo. Yeah. Like Messi okay. is Federer, and then Ronaldo can be Nadal. I guess it, I I answered the question from a relatability perspective, so I was more yeah. It just like felt more relatable to Federer. The temperament, coming back out of injury, and then winning again. You know all that. Yeah. As a person, I respect. Going back the facts, Nadal I guess still has like a he's what five years younger than Federer if I'm not wrong. So he still has time to you know overtake Federer in terms of the total Grand Slam titles, but even he is laden with the injuries. He has got his yeah. knee problems and wrist problems. Yeah, twenty tight, twenty Grand Slam. Both of them are equal right now, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, recently when he won the French Open, he 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 became equal to Federer. But hands down, I would say Rafael Nadal French Open clay court king. Yeah, clay court king. And this goat, goat in clay is not even up for debate. It's just yeah. you just have to give it to one person. So, thirteen French Open, dude. Thirteen French Open. Crazy. Aditya, I was preparing for this for a while, but damn it, it doesn't show. Can you read it? Oh no, yes, go go. Yeah, I want to put the answer now. I'm curious why. Okay, so it's very uh, what do you say? Purely. So for me, I started out watching tennis, and I I greatly admire all three of them. So that I have to give 
I just have to tell up front. I would say as you know, if you account for things like grace, humility, and all that, then the debate will obviously go towards Federer and Nadal. There is no doubt about that. Djokovic is still more of the he's as close to Zlatan as you can get in the tennis world. But recently, uh, with recent yeah. news, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. But as an athlete and as someone, as just a just in terms of his on-court tennis, I think he trumps both Federer and Nadal for one very simple reason. First of all, in terms of slams, he's probably going to surpass all of them quite easily, simply because he has the age and fitness on his side. He hasn't had any career-threatening injuries or anything like that, which I want to portray as an argument saying he probably doesn't need to strain as much as the others to win, but it's not entirely true. Uh, on top of that, 17 slams, not far away, so he just needs his one good season away from probably touching 20. He has had several three slam seasons in the past, but more than all of that, Federer falls short for me a little bit because he played in an era which was without both Nadal and Djokovic for a large part of his 20 Grand Slams. For like at least 14 of his 20 Grand Slams, he didn't have to compete with these guys. Nadal, on the other hand, when he even came in, was already 2005 to 8 years. Federer was still there, still performing, still winning slams at that level. But after 8, it was literally going to be the Nadal show up until 2011 and he won like crazy in that period. Djokovic, if you account for it, is the only one who has won in the same era as one of these other players at least played. So, Nadal, despite, yeah, he was re-ravaged and all that, but he was still a contemporary and he was still playing all the important tournaments and Djokovic still, in terms of just purely statistics, he was still significantly better than either of them. In period, even if you exclude Federer because he was quite old by that time, Djokovic still dominated Nadal for most of the later stages of his career. Like the head-to-head initially was really skewed towards Nadal. It was like some 199 or something like that. I don't remember the exact number in slams. And then right now they're head-to-head. He's the only one who has a positive head-to-head against both the others actually. He has a positive head-to-head against Federer. He has a positive head-to-head against Nadal. He has more year-end world number ones compared to both of them. He has more Masters titles than both of them. And the only thing that he doesn't have yet is 20 slams, which I think is just a matter of time. But you know, in terms of just performances, I think for me, it would exclusively tennis, it would still be work. So that's my argument for him. Yep. I forgot to ask one last question before, before anyone has any other questions to discuss. But if there was any like game or sport which you want to watch live going forward, like this is a sport and this is the team I want to watch a player, I want to watch live, what will that be? We, we, yeah, Qatar 2022 has we. No, don't you forget, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say that. How do you? Uh, we ended the last podcast episode on that Qatar 2022. Hope the COVID uh, doesn't uh, extend beyond 2021, hopefully, but. Yeah. But dude, we don't have any option after that. I don't think so. Most no, I guess Ronaldo has officially stated that 2022 is going to be his last World Cup. I don't know about Messi, but Ronaldo has given out his statement. Yeah. Has he already? But I, I read some quote wherein he was saying that his son wants to play with him. With him. That's the reason why he goes out to, you know, with all the fitness and everything that Cristiano Ronaldo Jr. wants to play with Cristiano Ronaldo on the same team. Such a... Crazy wild thing 
to witness but i Soccer i have one thing i haven't i want to watch a world cup indian cricket world cup like i want to watch it i have never like watched it to like men in blue playing world cup I want to hmm witness that and even one like uh, f1 formula 1 race in monaco ஒரு <laughs> it is one of my uh, like non supporting teams uh, their thing also also the borussia dortmund the the yellow the wall, you know oh, the, the, the south park this yeah. yeah. i i don't know the exact name signal iduna park yeah signal iduna hmm. park yeah and they have that the, the one stand which is the biggest stand which which the stand alone has the capacity of 30000 people it is called the yellow wall love to go there but it, it, they are the best best fans right they have like yeah rodman is the yeah. best fan is the best fan so for me cricket it would be um i don't think it will happen but i would like to go to the world test championship finals at lords if india plays england specifically um that is one that moment uh, where the player comes out of that lord uh, this dressing room it's it's yeah. cannot beat that for sure. a viewer it is iconic imagine a player coming out of that fucking room absolutely yeah um for football i actually have thought of one i was trying to think of one but i can't come up with like one specific one to attend because a world cup final would probably again be the the biggest stage that anyone would want to watch so that's one but then would go for a wimbledon final any two of the big 3 playing i don't have a preference of what combination it is whatever combination of the big 3 it is i, will, I don't want to watch any of the next gen play that's a different uh, thing altogether um and what is the last one for, formula 1 is monaco gp maybe if not monaco and if not singapore i would go for uh, if there is a chance this happens again I would, I, I, if they have um the brazilian gp at uh, interlagos so that is one i would like to go to but yeah or even monza in you know italy the high speed tracks hmm but yeah it's 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 so yeah that is fun but monaco is like way too monaco is too iconic to not go yeah yeah even so and it has that like you know the cinematic feel to it yeah. like for instance after watching ford versus ferrari i really wanted to go and visit the lamon area to see how the racing happens over there but you know i realize it's a 24 hour event and pointless it's like really boring at one point but yeah yeah monaco is too good to especially in drive to survive and all it's very picturesque it's a carnival dude it's oh, yeah. really monaco there is people standing in yards and watching the river yeah remember there was one race where kimi raikkonen actually retired in a race in monaco he walked he... into the yard yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and then he's drinking he started drinking in chili crazy that was it's classic kimi uh that was fun that was super super fun it was uh, very like i would say 
rejuvenating a good adjective conversation in very informal conversation and again we are no experts but this was our not rant but a discussion on things that we care about so that was it from the 16th episode of kekat i want to thank aditya kavi and manan for joining me on this one i hope you guys liked tuning in to Uh, sports have been an integral part of my life which has improved me as a person and made me more disciplined as a human being and it will stay part of me throughout my life and i can say it holds true for all of us on this episode so see you next time until then stay safe and keep tuning I think I have to say that was one of the points that like this escalation I encountered in the sport and this is Kekat